The Spin-Off Podcast Network. When the Facts Change is brought to you by the Spin-Off Podcast Network in partnership with Kiwi Bank. The bank for Kiwi looking to get ahead in business and in life. A bank that delivers expertise and banking know-how, smart advice for business owners wanting to invest, grow their business or diversify. A bank that adapts with technology through the lens of its people and customers. It is a bank with heart that is driven by its purpose. Kiwi making Kiwi better off. Tēnā koutou katoa. Welcome to the monthly bonus episode of When the Facts Change, created in partnership with Kiwi Bank. My name is Michael Andrew and I am the Spinoff's business editor. Each month I'm going to be speaking to some of the most interesting and exciting people in the Kiwi Bank whānau about the issues affecting New Zealand. Last month, the Kiwi Bank New Zealander of the Year Awards celebrated the achievements, commitment and dedication of a diverse range of Kiwi. From Dr Susie Wiles' clear and determined science communication about the COVID-19 pandemic to the passionate mental health advocacy of Jazz Thornton, the awards recognised the people making New Zealand a better place. For the last 12 years, Kiwi Bank has supported the Local Hero Award, It's about acknowledging the people making a difference to New Zealand communities, a difference that is real, lasting and local. They're Kiwi who have stood up to give others a voice, to break down social barriers and to tirelessly serve their community. Today I'm speaking to Chanin Tehuia, the 2021 Kiwi Bank Local Hero of the Year. In 2015, Shannon established Punu River Care, an iwi-based initiative designed to improve water quality and biodiversity by planting trees along the banks of the 60-kilometre-long Punu River in the Waikato. Running north from its base in the Puriora Forest Park into the Waimā River south of Parongia, the Punu River is where Shannon grew up doing bombs and fishing for eels. The organisation is completely rooted in Te Ao Māori and the health of the river is intimately tied to the health of the community. Alongside the investment in the environment, Pūnia River Care has an equally strong focus on people, a holistic approach that improves the health and well-being of the land and water, as well as the strength, capacity and mana of its whānau. Kia ora Shannon, thank you for joining us today and congratulations on your award. I uh, thought the best place to start is to tell us about where you're from. No here koe. Yeah, um... Ko Tainui Te Waka, um, ko Kakapuku Te Maunga, um, no Mania Poto Ahau, uh, ko Au Te Pautahu o Ngā Kaitiaki o Te Aua Pūnu, a rā te kāhui a hiwa. No reira, maudi ora. <laughs> um, yeah, my name's Shannon Tahuya. Uh, I grew up in um, Te Aumatu. Yeah, I've, uh, I'm the CEO of Pūnu River Kia. Um, we're a um, marae-based um, organisation and um, it, based at Mangatoto and we um, enable hapu to be involved in the restoration of the Puni River catchment. How does it feel to have won that award? Uh, it feels awesome. It's like a boost. It's like you've got a spring in your step, um, not only for me but for everyone back, at, back home. Like, cause there's been so many people that I've called on to help a lot of people that I've sought advice from, a lot of people that have been involved, and it's a win for us all. Not only that, um, for everybody throughout Aotearoa that are doing similar things, for this to be recognised, you know, our work to be recognised and be valued, I think it's I think it's huge for everyone. And is the uh, the sudden surge in attention quite overwhelming? <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, it is. Like, I'm not getting any work done at the moment. I've got a huge amount of <laughs> huge workload backlogging up. 
Um, but I just think it's important that we just don't cut our heart away and, you know, um, we've got to share this celebration with everyone. So um, I'm quite an introvert, don't really like talking to people, like, like to go fishing by myself. But I think um, something like this, you know, you just need to share with everyone yeah, so they can celebrate. Uh, it seems like there are these really beautiful values uh, and ideas that are wrapped up in the initiative. Um, but after hearing about your story, it's really clear that there's this sacred link between you and the river, uh, and that's driven a lot of the the development of the initiative. Can you tell me about this connection with the river and, and how important it is? Yeah, so, well, as far back as I can remember, and not only me, a lot of us is our whakapapa and our pipiha. So that's which links us to the awa. So it being our tupuna, meaning that there's a sense of belonging and also but a sense of responsibility. Um, and so having those links kind of define who you are as a person and really ground you. And so for me personally, looking at what I wanted to do with my life, it was um, to um, learn more about who I am as a person and and trying to do all I can to give back to, you know, our awa. So I think I think a lot of people have aspirations to do something like this, to take care of the environment and do something that benefits the land and creates jobs, but it can often be very daunting. Yeah. So when you first got this idea, when you first started this, when did it actually, how did it grow from the seed and into an actual viable project? Did you start collaborating with people early on? Or did you reach out to other marais first, or how did that work? Yeah, so definitely um, just talking amongst um, respected members of your community. You know, people that were um, seen to be doing stuff and not just talking about things. And uh, from there, you kind of generate interest um, locally and talk with uh, people that you know, could do the work or had some type of skill, whether it be planning or um, experience in business, incorporated societies, um, strategy. Yeah, so there's a little bit that went into it because I didn't by any means know everything. And so I was just, I just had links with people that knew a lot more than I did. <laughs> and um, so once you've kind of got a bit of direction, um, yeah, it's just kind of up to you to drive it. So it sounds like the structure of the organisation is unique because it's a marae-based initiative. Yeah. So it involves a number of marae along the river. Is that quite hard to coordinate actions or does that work quite well? It works quite well because we um, we started off small. We kind of had two things in parallel, one being the infrastructure of the organisation, so all the admin stuff that was pumping along in the background, um, but then we also had results on the ground, it being um, we were um, growing and planting trees. And so having those two things work simultaneously, you know, both built the organisation and sh- uh, demonstrated to our whānau that um, it wasn't just all hui, you know, we were doing things, you know, and that, that, that picture and that story grew. And so we're able to demonstrate results outside of a report. You know, so that, that, that's critical, like actually doing something, mm. um, but also having in the background all of the, you know, all the behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. 
And were all the marae on board straight away as soon as you approached them? Yeah, it was quite funny because uh, Quinton was one of the uh, members that I engaged early because he was running our, um, well, he was coordinating our, our marae games, you know, and that's quite huge. So you're coordinating all these marae, um, a bunch of different sports, you know, and you know, it's quite a big thing. And so it was him and Sherry and working on that, so I stole him away from that a bit. I just went to him and I said, oh, keen to do this? He was, yeah, bro. <laughs> so we, um, and he's uh, well respected from the marae, um, you know, Rafatiro. So you got, you're working with people that are already making an impact in the community. And so when we go out to the marae, well, at that point, we went out and they had a lot of other kaupapa on the agenda. And so me and Quinton went through with our, what was really big to us. And to them was like, don't know what you guys are talking about, but sounds good, let's do it. And um, <laughs> and and it's kind of still like that to our to this day, you know. It's kind of you know, it's like you guys are keep you know really doing a good thing, so keep it up. And that's kind of how it sort of works for us, um, you know. We just keep delivering, so you know, and we're all fine, you mm. know. So um, my stepsisters are from the same Marae Quinton is from. Um, my partners from the Marae up the river, you know. So my kids are there and. Um, you know, it's we're all just interconnected. And I suppose that makes it so much easier to all be on the same page, right? Because you've all got a vested interest in this yeah. and taking care of the river. It's yep. all, it's like this kind of unified goal. Yep. It sounds like in the last six years, the organisation has expanded massively. You've now got 50 full-time staff. Mm. That's, that's a <laughs> big growth. Yep. Has that been quite... Rapid for you or quite daunting? Oh, yeah. Um, if I had to do it, wouldn't have got like that. <laughs> um, well, because I just don't have the skills to do all of that stuff. There's a lot of stuff, man. There's there's finances, there's HR, there's um, compliance, there's health and safety, there's a huge amount of work behind the scenes. Um, so what I've been really good at is, um, you know, choosing the right people, you know, surrounding myself with the right people. Yeah, so I can come in and do this. Awesome. <laughs> How do you recruit people? Do you just, is it word of mouth or do people come to you? Oh, no, nah, just basic platforms. Um, we always try and um, provide opportunities to the whanau from the marae, uh, first and foremost, because, you know, we're working on the awa and so that, um, that passion and that drive normally comes from people that are connected to the awa. Um, sometimes we've got really specialist roles where, um, you know, we have to uh, cast the net a bit wider. But, yeah, our platform's more of our marae Facebook pages. Um, we throw things on Seek, um, local newspaper, website, our Facebook page, yeah. So, I mean, we're trying to be as inclusive as we can, but still, you know, enable Hapu to be involved as much as we can. Brilliant. And uh, the employees are all paid the living wage, Yep. And so that's a massive boost for local economy as well. Did you expect when you first started that the that the organisation would grow to this level? <laughs> Did you foresee it, I guess, getting to 50 full-time staff and being a support for the local economy as well? Nah, so when I started, because um, I'm a project manager, I was treated as a project. So build a project, you know, has a start and a finish, get it going, and then it'll sort of run itself. And then as we grew, um, it just became more, the, you know, the, the the range of things that we could do just come more and more. And I saw our impact 
uh, the opportunity for our impact to increase was just more and more and more. So it just got out of hand, really. <laughs> You've got a background in engineering. Yeah. Yep. So this was quite handy for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I trained specifically to uh, restore the hour. So that was always my focus. When I, throughout study, I was always doing reports around the river environment. I was always going to move there. Um, but you yeah, didn't know that ultimately it would be this. Yeah, I was more looking to go and work for council. You know, I was just, you know, just keen to be involved, and that's what I wanted to do in my life. And then somewhere along the journey, I was like, oh man, like that's cool for me. But the the big thing here is that connection with our hapu, with the awa. You know, that's kind of, you know, that 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 blows it up a bit. So how is that going to happen? You know, it's not going to happen with me working with council. Mm. You know, it's it's we've got to set set up a platform where. Um, we help are involved in the discussions and the conversations and how things are done, you know, because there's, there's a far better benefit. You know, that's where you get our social impact. Yeah, and I suppose the bureaucracy can often be quite uh, hard to navigate or slow and it's hard to get things done if you've got to go through all those processes. So it sounds like there's a lot of potential through these hapu-based initiatives to actually rapidly create change and, mm. and really get onto something fast and yep. effectively. Yep. Do you think it's got much more potential outside of uh, where you're working right now? It does, but it needs to be led from the ground. I think what I've found uncanny around this whole award is that my experience is local, <laughs> and so it's hard for me to talk about the rest of Aotearoa because mm. everything's different. I mean, we grew up with our farmers, played rugby with them, um, you know, we bled with them on the rugby field. And so when we go and talk to them, it's like the bro. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, how's it going, Shans, or, or whoever. And then we explain our kaupapa. They see value. They see a person that they know. Um, but I don't know if that's true for the rest of the community throughout Aotearoa. Yeah, I was going to ask you how you got farmers on board. So it's in a, a massive way to do with personal relationships and yep. and your history and how you know them and yeah and yeah like you say what you've experienced with them yep. growing up we have intergenerational farmers so we either know them through school or our parents or our grandparents so the families that have been there for a long time are still there yeah yep. and do the farmers kind of reach out to you to, I guess, expand the, the operation along their lands or...? It's more for advice. Yeah. It's more for, okay, um, you know, we want to do something here, um, whether it be responsibility or, or whatever. I mean, there's a lot of our farmers that have the same experiences with us, you know, like swimming in the river and stuff. So they want to take their, their mokos or, or something, do the same thing, but they can't. So they're wanting to do something and they really don't know where to start. So we um, yeah, we try our best to, you know, work with them and, you know, help do do some projects. It's not going to really increase their workload because they're already quite busy. And it's it's quite a contentious issue with farming and the state of rivers in New Zealand <coughs> because obviously the way that we've farmed intensively across Aotearoa is has been quite detrimental. Has this been something that's governed how you operate? Yeah, so hugely solutions-focused, steering clear of blaming anyone, trying our best to uh, work with people that want to make a difference. I don't know much about 
um, farming systems or the ins and outs. You know, I don't know the measures in terms of, um, you know, nutrients that are on the land that end up in the water or the impacts. I don't know much about the science, but but we have faith in people that are working on those things because you can't do everything. Um, And so, yeah, I've got, you know, I'm quite excited about seeing what farming is in 10 years, you know, and how we use the land. Um, you know, we've got some clever people out there, you know, and far out. At the awards, there was this guy that invented a collar, you know, for cows. I was just like, what the heck? And then I saw it, and it was unreal. Like, he was drawing polygons on his phone, you know, and the cows would stay inside the polygons. So it's like, like you know, the tech farmer is going to come out, you know, and we're going to collect all this data from farms, you know, less inputs, same amount of outputs. Um, you know, they're going to have a better life. And I think the environment's going to benefit a lot, you know, through technology. And so, you know, unfortunately, the old number eight farm is going to get a bit outdated because, you know, we've, we have valued that. But, um, you know, I've also learned that, um, you know, we've created a lot of damage. You know, I mean, we've got to just face it, you know, like we're really good at what we put our minds to, but um, we've just got to understand what the price is, you know, when we when we do things. And so what's the price? Like instinction of species, loss of habitat, all these things are quite, you know, significant. But, um, you know, just looking forward, you know, there's an opportunity to really be innovators, you know, as, as, as New Zealanders to um, show the world how it's done. When the Facts Change is brought to you in partnership with Kiwi Bank to help you understand the issues affecting the economy. And that's what their team of experts is here to do too. Here's Kiwi Bank economist Sabrina Delgado on what's happening with the labour market in Aotearoa. Our slowing economy gives way to higher unemployment and we're seeing tightness in the labour market quickly abating. Both a recovery on the supply side with our surging migration, boosting labour supply and loosening some very tight labour market conditions. But now a stronger narrative is coming through. As consumer demand cools, so too is the demand for labour. Firms are no longer hiring with the same gusto. Already, unemployment has started to lift from record lows and we expect that to continue throughout 2024. Visit kiwibank.co.nz to stay up to date with detailed economic analysis and forecasts from Sabrina and other KiwiBank experts. They take big issues from both here and overseas and make them relevant to Kiwi businesses. Raising capital or taking your business to the world? Investment Fix has the lowdown on everything you need to make it happen. This season, we're exploring the US market, the opportunities it offers, what it takes to grow a business there, and the best way to approach investors. Join some of the superstars of the investment and business world as they share advice from their time in the US so you can make your mahi count in this massive market. The Investment Fix podcast, brought to you by Invest New Zealand. Tune in today. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and of course past performance does not guarantee future returns. And I, I quite love the the crossroads here between technology and science that and, and engineering that you're bringing to the table, and then these more 
uh, customary values yeah. of guardianship that that are kind of blending to create, I think, mm. what the organization's uh, main mission is. Has that been quite successful as well, blending those two ideas together? Yeah, definitely. So st- strategy, where we're going, um, values, the culture, um, that's all informed by, you know, our our values as, as Māori. So every the way we uh, look at doing the work, why we're doing the work, um, but then how to do the work, we're bringing in all of this, uh, all these disciplines to actually deliver the work, planning tools, budgeting <laughs> tools, like all the all the stuff that goes on behind the scenes, the mapping, the reporting, like um, all the infrastructure. Like we've even got a... Um, <laughs> We've got a potting machine. We call him Optimus Prime at the, at the Marae, <laughs> and like he just throws down hard. He's turned them on, and he's filling up pots. Like it was out the gate, you know, and saves us lifting soil with a shovel. You know, we just get the old um, the old hopper filled up. Boom, he's away. So, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. It's cool. In terms of the planting, I heard that there are uh, there've been over a million trees planted so yeah, far. Yeah. Yeah. Far out. <laughs> yeah, and our, our plan is to get a million in every year. So, um, I mean, when you understand the, or when you got an idea of the scale in which uh, restoration needs to occur, you figure out that even us planting a million trees a year is still not going to be enough, you know. So it's, you know, it's we've been successful in creating a template We've been successful in creating some direct, putting some direction in for um, other people, putting the infrastructure in place for our kids to take over. But yeah, we'll never see the light at the end of this tunnel. It's pretty, it's pretty long, but at least we're heading the right way. And obviously, trees take a long time to grow. So this is just this is a long term yeah. initiative. This yeah. isn't just a flash in the pan. This is you're setting this out for years and years and generations. Yeah, yeah. So our our, our succession planning is taking place now. We're working with our local Farikura to um, look at what they need to um, uh, learn at school for them to come in and take over because we've got positions within our organisation such as um, governance, being a CE, being a cultural advisor, being an HR person, being an accounts person, admin, plus all of our project management roles. So you know, there's quite a broad range of roles. And if we can um, train these kids up, well, they can learn as much as they can at school. You know, when, they, when we get them, they'll be um, you know, all ready to go. And you've also got the partnership with... Um Ministry of Social Development for the Jobs for Nature program. How's that coming along? We've just started, so it seems to be working really, really well. We've had them based at our nursery, um, and so they're learning basic propagating skills. Yeah, but it's it's only been a few weeks since it's been going, so we'll see. And mostly young people or no, uh, all ages? No, so we've had, we've got... Yeah, all ages. So one school leaver who was at school last year, right up to, I think he would have been late 40s. You know, I've got a couple people, a uh, couple whāna in there that, um, well, I'm not sure how to say it, but a little, well, it's hard for them to get work in other areas. And so, and they're really good, you know, working with us. They um, they just need a bit of hand, a bit, bit, bit more help, just to be supervised a little bit. But, um, yeah, they would be hard for them to get an opportunity somewhere else like this. And I can imagine that these types of jobs, like working outdoors, working with trees, working with the river and soil, 
yeah. is really good for mental and physical health as well, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I find too when I'm at the nursery. It's, you just get this sense of um, life. Um, we see it. We're, we're going to have a crack at trying to measure it this year through, a, <laughs> through like a um, health and well-being um, kind of study, cool. research. But, yeah, we see it when people come and then, you know, a few weeks, you, they're just walking around with their chest up. Do you think that there's much scope to start eventually integrating other rivers? I mean, the Waikato is full of rivers, right? Mm. And all of them probably, or most of them, I can imagine, need help <laughs> yep. with planting. Yeah. Have you thought about expanding at some point? There's a lot of there's a lot that's happening. So we're probably just the tip of the iceberg, you know, in terms of what's happening throughout Aotearoa. A lot of different models. Yeah. So there's a lot of people doing things in their own backyard. What What do you think has been the biggest challenge or the biggest learning for you over the last six years? The biggest learning would be to, I guess, slow down a bit. Yeah, I think that would be big. <laughs> you know, um, enjoy the stages. So we've just grown and grown and grown and grown and never really stopped to like say, oh, this is cool, let's stay here for a while. <laughs> um, you know, but in saying that, we wouldn't have been able to employ 50 people. So for me, it was, you know, really simple when, I, when we looked at growth. I was like, um, you know, we could do more work and someone needs a job. Well, let's go. So that was kind of my process, but you know it's put a it's puts a lot of pressure on everyone involved. One one young guy actually told me, you know, pressure builds diamonds. Yeah, so that was pretty cool when I had that because we have built quite a few diamonds. Um, but yeah, it's it, it does it does affect people, especially when our pace it passes the the natural growth of an individual. So we're trying to grow our people, and if they can't grow at the same pace as the organisation is growing, then what will happen is you'll leave them behind, you know, and then that's not kind of not what it's about. So that's what I've tried to struggle to manage. You know, it's like, bro, learn. You know, we'll, we'll put all this work into you. You can be the manager. You know, and they're like, oh, I don't know. I just want to cruise. And you're like, bro. <laughs> you know, and so, like, you want the best for people, but, you know, they're just not at that point in life. They're only, like, mid-20s. So, you know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, I've struggled with that, you know, because you just want the best for them, but they're kind of just not at that stage yet. But then, like, you need someone there for the organisation to grow. So you end up um, looking elsewhere. And um, also for you, right, that... that it seems like there's this catch-22 because if you work so hard on something and put all your time, there's very little time for your passions and your projects like surfing and fishing. So mm. this oh, I built been... it in. Nah, oh, <laughs> oh, I'm, yeah. I'm going surfing after this. Like, this is... <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I make time. Um, you got to. Yeah, so, yeah. And to be honest, the biggest challenge I have is keeping a clear head. You know, because you don't want to get too caught up in the detail, you know, because, man, you can soon find yourself just, you know, overwhelmed, you know, taking on too much weight. And, yeah, uh, the, um, I've been really good at keeping a clear head. And have you learnt much about the local biology and the local uh, biodiversity as well through this? Yeah, I've just learnt what biodiversity means. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, I thought it meant something, and then it wasn't until about a year ago that it just meant totally something different. So, um, 
I think, yeah, that's what I get caught up is all the terminology and stuff, you know, all the big words. And I think that's what I want to try and keep PRC um, real is around just saying what it is. Mm. So when we talk to farmers, we're just saying, you know, we're going to grow all these cool trees and there's going to be a lot of birds coming back and then there's a lot of bugs and it's going to create shade, you know, and it's going to cool the water down. Then, you know, it's going to make it habitable. And if you see any of those um, koi carp, can you shoot them? Just like, you know, <laughs> being real, like... You know, if I go sit, if I go and talk to a farmer and say, you know, I want to create these bio, biodiversity areas where blah, 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 and they'll be just like, well, what's that? Like, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, we've, like, throughout all our plantings, we see, you know, spaces that were just barren before, you know, spaces that were just grass or, you know, weeds or we've converted um, pasture into a reconstructed wetland. So you go down there now and you just... You know, you walk through it and you just see stuff. It's like if we didn't do this, it, it'd just all be like Grey's Paddock with probably a cow dying in the drain because that's what it was before. So I, I, that, that's what I love about it, seeing something that we've created. One day I want to go up on a um, balloon and have a look at everything, you know. <laughs> see, <laughs> we've we've been noticing change below. off Google Earth, you know, the history, the history tab. Ah, that's pretty mean, so... We can, uh, you know, throw all of our GIS data into Google Earth and then show the history and you just see this transformation. Yeah, So what, cool. like over the last few years, at greening up in places and... Yeah, oh, you see sweet. all our plantings come, come to life, even our nursery. Like we've got, you know, these shots of the marae where there's nothing and then you've got this little as nursery and then it's bigger and then bigger Whoa. and then bigger. Yeah, so there's a story on Google Earth, which is pretty cool. And um, what's, what's the deal with koi carp? The bed, they they mow out all of the. They compete for food, yeah. So um, all of our, um, you know, coda, you know, all the tuna, they all need food, and the koi carp just. From what I know, they eat all of like the river weed. So they come in, they just mow it. And there's nothing left for anyone else. Right. And they breed like millions of eggs. Yeah. Yeah. They're really bad in the Waikato and the Waipa. And I've seen this one been hanging around the marae yesterday. So just got to think they shoot them or they trap them. And is there a lot of other species in the river? Um, I imagine there was when you were growing up, but mm. is there still lots of eels and lots of other fish species as well? Yeah. So the thing with eels is they're, they're community. They, gr- they live in communities. So, I mean, if their, their town has been disrupted, they'll move. So what we're finding is that yeah, the tuna have moved a lot. We've got um, a hot. Sp- I'm not going to say that. Nah, we got no eels in our river. <laughs> you don't want I see what you're doing. There. <laughs> yeah, but now like um, yeah, just don't really want people to um, take them while they're trying to replenish. You know. Yeah. And um, what about the trees? What kind of trees are you planting? Oh, natives. Yep. All natives, yeah. All natives. A particular species? Or? Uh, yeah, so there's a whakapapa with trees as well. Um, so, you know, you've got the you know the big rangatira trees, each each being as equally as important. And what we're learning is that um, if you try and go for that end result early on, the most likely the chance of the survival is very low. So you've got to try and build it up. If you go and put kahikatea in and try and create this nice, beautiful kahikatea forest, um, they'll probably get strangled out by a lot of the viney weeds. It's it's a long process with, with restoration and you just can't rush it. And kahikatea is a special one, right, for yep. that particular region? Yep. You're growing a lot of that? 
Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, the region that we're growing is the old name was Tenehinehinui, and which was the expanse of Kahikatea Forest. Yeah. So there's still remnants of these Kahikatea blocks around, but it just you know mostly all just used to be covered in Kahikatea. Mm. I imagine they take very long to grow, being so tall. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So they take about two, three years in the in a nursery to grow, and then out on site after about six years, they kind of look after themselves. How does planting natives along the riverbank actually help the river? Yeah, so um, in terms of pollution, in terms of the challenges with our awa, um, you know, there's nitrogen, there's phosphorus, there's E. coli, and there's sediment. Um, so nitrogen will end up in the water through leaching and through runoff. Um, e. coli will come from, you know, cows, um, and phosphorus will be transported into the river by soil. So when we looked at um, some of the solutions that we could do, planting trees helps bind the soil, you know, and helps prevent erosion. So we're targeting two key contaminants, which is phosphorus and um, erosion, you know, sediment going into the river. There's about, well, I think two years ago there's a study done, there's 10,000 cubics of um, sediment go out of the Punya River every year. So that's, that's quite a lot of soil. It's quite a lot of topsoil, ultimately. So it's pretty simple. It's like not rocket science. So, yeah. There seems to be the support that you're getting, and it's quite enthusiastic. Do you think that indicates that, especially in your region, people are starting to think differently about how to use the land, and there's a shift in looking at it from a resource to something that you work with and you live with rather than that you just take from? Do you think that that this is a wider shift in the Waikato? Well, I guess for people that manage large areas of land, I think there's probably they're feeling a bit of social responsibility, you know, a bit of pressure. But in saying that as well, I generally don't think people, if they knew the impact that we're having or that the state of them, where we are with the environment, that they wouldn't um, wouldn't have, uh, or they, they may have done things differently, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah, so... I just see the big good in people, and I think that's my issue. I've never, um, you know, looked at someone thinking, oh, you're a bit of a sleazeball because you buggered up our hour, mm. you know. It's, it's kind of looking at, oh, man, you, you got it wrong here, mate. Let's fix it up. <laughs> you know, that that's kind of the attitude. You know, you you, you didn't get that right. Um, but this is, you know, from what science has said, this is how you can, like, make it a bit better. I think that's really powerful too because we can be very judgmental mm. in Aotearoa, right? Mm. There's this this idea of, like you say, blame or of easily blaming someone when something goes wrong or because the environment or the rivers have ended up a certain way, but it's not about blaming and it's not about uh, finding fault. It's just about finding solutions and working mm. together. Yeah, because that's, that's what we need to hear more of, not like it's the end of the world, we've got to move to Mars. Um, let's all give up, you know, like you can watch Netflix, there's a lot of that stuff on there, you know, you can go anywhere to hear those stories, like, but we want to be is like, okay, this is something small that we can all do, let's focus on that, let's keep the um, policy makers writing policies and regulations, but let's chip away at it, because every tree we put in the ground is a step in the right direction. Yeah, so Shannon, what does success look like for you and for the project? 
well, I want to see my mokos doing bombs, catching kaura and, you know, eating tuna at the marae. Simple as that. And I imagine a lot of people would be keen to get involved. How can they help out with the PRC? Well, um, twice a year PRC have an open day where we just shut down work and we open up the nursery, the marae, to the community. Um, and so, yeah, our next one's on the 7th of May. So, yeah, come along. You get to hear the story of everybody that works um, within PRC. You get to see the projects that we're working on. Um, you get to talk to our board members, to myself, to marae representatives, if people are interested in talking to um, people that run marae and how this benefits the marae. That's there. You get to see the trees. You get to see Optimus Prime in action. Um, so, yeah, feel free to come along. Um, you can go on to our Facebook page at Puni Inc., or or we've got a website, www.puniink.org. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming in, Shannon. It's been a great pleasure speaking with you. Thanks for sharing your story and uh, ka kite. Mm, kia ora. When the Facts Change was brought to you by the Spin-Off Podcast Network, together with KiwiBank. Visit kiwibank.co.nz to find out how KiwiBank are making Kiwi better off. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.